And we're live. Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Stars Podcast, and I'm your only host tonight, Nate, and I have the returning champion, Paranoid American. What's up, brother? How are you doing? <laughs> How's it going, man? Good. <laughs> Dude, I'm stoked to have you on here. Uh, this is going to be volume four, and I'm fucking stoked on it. Um, we're anybody that's looking at the video right now. So if you're on Rockfin, I guess this is on YouTube and Twitter right now, live right now, so people can watch this shit. But uh, what are we looking at, dude? Uh, I mean, we're looking at a pretty badass looking ghost here. We got a little uh, gins lamp, a little genie lamp. We got a picture of Satan at the bottom here, and it <laughs> says uh, very clearly recommended reading for adults and teens. Exercise. <laughs> And creepy ass tree i mean it's you know th this would be something that would definitely interest me if i was just walking by and had no idea what i was looking at this would this would pull me in especially around the time whose fucking podcast was it i think i was listening to Tripoli's podcast tinfoil hat he had a dude on talking about simulation theory yesterday and there was something specifically that he was talking about he was talking about the mandela effect and did you listen to that one i think I it was the most recent it was not the most recent. I think, anyways, what the fuck? It was very recent, last couple of days. Um, but the professor that was on there talking about the Mandela effect was saying that um, Muslims specifically. I don't know if I don't know if it's all Muslims, but like certain Muslims will um, memorize the Quran word for word because they've known about the Mandela effect for a long time. And so they fucking memorize every single word of the Quran because they say that the jinn are allowed to change reality, but they like little parts of reality, but are not allowed to change people's memories, which is really fucking fascinating and calls back to the Mandela effect. That's fucking neat, man. Have you ever heard that shit? I haven't. Actually, I like that because it's like the exact opposite of like false memory syndrome that says that you can't really trust your own memories because they're so malleable. This flips that on its head and says, no, it's reality. That's the malleable one. You're right. What a great sort of <laughs> philosophy for any conspiracy theorist out there, right? Dude, how can you argue with a Muslim, man? They're like, the gin made the gin put you up to this, <laughs> Jim. Who, yeah, <laughs> well, dude, I'm stoked to have you on. I don't know if we just want to jump into this or we want to bullshit some more. Um, yeah, it's I don't up know. to you, man. You run the show here, right? Like, that's kind I guess of the, so. the glory of being <laughs> the solo host, right? You get to do whatever you want. Tony's coming on for a show. In December, we have to, we literally have to plan it that far out. Now that I have the new fucking job where I'm working weekends, that was like the only time that me and Tony had like uh, that we could actually do fucking shows together. And so now we have to fucking plan it. And either I have to take time off work or he has to take time off work so that we can be on the same episode together. It's almost like another job, right? It's like your third <laughs> it's, job. It's pretty wild, man. <laughs> but I'm pretty fucking stoked. Well. I haven't said anything to my audience exactly, and I don't know when I'm putting this out, but I'm getting to talk to James Corbett. And I'm really stoked. Oh, so um, I had to fucking give Tony a heads up and give him time. So he's going to take the day off of work so we can talk to James Corbett, too, because that's going to go out badass. and get like haircuts and fresh shave and everything or what? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm just stoked to talk to him. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. He's the fucking man. James Corbett is a shit. So I'm stoked. Um, yeah, man. 
Um, this is going to be dope. The Exorcist. Um, let's do this. Let's fucking do it. Right on, man. I, th- I think this is the first time that it gets directly into like just some evil shit right away. So I'm, I'm excited about this one. Dude, the fucking genie's lamp on the cover. It's fucking sweet. <laughs> this is going to get racist, and I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it starts out, <clears throat> Exorcist, about 83 miles from Calcutta, India. Calcutta. So he, he, you, you start, and I'll, and I'll follow. Come on, Santosh. You're not afraid, are you? No, I'm not afraid. You'd better be careful, Raj. You don't know what's in there. I see some kind of idol. It's, it feels like a little god. Is that me still? Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're still going. I wonder what his name is. You don't believe in gods, do you, Santosh? Raj, Raj, don't move. What is it? Be- behind you. It's It's a... Meanwhile, in India... I think we were already in India. Anyways, knock, knock. My goodness, who could that be? A cable from the United States. It must be important. Oh, thank you so much. Harvey, guess who'll be in Calcutta tomorrow at noon? As if I know. Praise the Lord. As if I didn't know. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm a bad reader. About the, let me fix my levels really quick here. About the same time in the state of Colorado, a terrifying event is taking place in this house. An exhausted young clergyman facing a woman he believes is possessed by a devil gives up chanting the ritual of exorcism. In desperation, he asks the evil force to come into him. Actually, they are demons. Most of them leave the woman and take possession of the young man. A terrific force slams him through the door into the busy wet street outside. He's hit by a speeding car. I wish we saw visuals for all this and not just Mm -hmm. kind of like the voiceover, right? Okay. Who was that poor devil? I don't know. As he slips into eternity, a foul-smelling wind filled with voices and laughter veers to the east. Its destination, India! Fuck yes. Goodbye, dear. We should be back in the evening. Now don't worry. I don't worry. Worry is a sin, bitch. I'll be praying for you, honey. We have to be there by 2.30. We mustn't be late, Corla. I have no idea who's talking here. I don't either. (laughs) Don't worry, Mrs. Hayes. We won't have any trouble. Oh, Oh, this is the old lady. This is the old lady. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Will it take long? I hope not. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to Calcutta. They're cutting a lot of shit nowadays. It's great. Yeah. You just can't do it. <laughs> it must be that lady, bitch. Is this the old lady? Or no, no. I we think so. It. We made it just in time. They're over there. Yoo-hoo. Over here. You know, gentlemen, Christianity has been in India since the first century. Are you kidding, bitch? No. The Church of St. Thomas in Kerala. It's still going strong with fervent, soul-winning Christians. Excuse me, Mrs. Hayes. How many gods you say there's in India? Over 300 million of them. And they're all satanic. All of them. 
Oh, that's a cheerful thought, bitch. <laughs> There's a little bit of sarcasm there. I kind of like that, right? Because <laughs> he really did. I would assume Chick Chack really does believe that all 300 million, which is, you know, that's already a little hyperbole. But yeah, they're all satanic, every single one of them. Dr. Hayes. Okay. Oh, Dr. Hayes, we know the Lord wanted us here because he supplied the plane tickets. But do you know why? Gentlemen, I suspect something very big is about to happen. i terrible at switching from black to white voices. But we'll have to let, we'll just have to wait on God, on the Lord. In the meantime, we'll help you any way we can. Let's pray about it and thank him for bringing us here safely. Dear Lord Jesus, please reveal what you have here for us here in India. Use us, Lord, for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thump, thump, thump. What? What's that? Santosh must be pounding on the wall? If he keeps that up, he'll wake his father. What? Mumble, mumble. Oh, I just felt a cold chill. Thump. Oops, my lamp went out. Santosh, oh, he's sound asleep. What in the world caused that noise? Man, I can't sleep. I'm all fouled up with these time changes. Hey, why don't you just go for a walk? I think I will. It's a beautiful moon. Hey, what's that girl behind the chapel? Does it say fuck up there? Fire. Fire. Okay. Fire, <laughs> it's a total loss. More water. Well, Arjun, what do you think? Good riddance. <laughs> Spoken like a true communist. Oh, shit. Pastor, it was deliberately said. I could smell the kerosene when it first started. Who would do such a thing? Arjun, where is the fire? I'm happy to say the church was burned to ground. Now I hope they'll leave our area. You should peek at Santosh and see if he's all right. <laughs> yes, I will. Hmm, something smells like kerosene in there. Good, he's sleeping. Oh, gasp! Aye! How did that happen? It is just an ordinary lamp. Something strange is going on. Santosh, you look terrible. Did you sleep? No, I kept hearing noises all night and my bed was shaking. No, Santosh, that's just your imagination. Your father has a very important guest coming for dinner tonight. On the way from Calcutta. One of them is from Russia. Is he supposed to get a promotion? I hope so. He's worked so hard. Santosh, I want you to be a perfect gentleman. What happens here tonight will affect my future in the party. I understand, Father. Ah, what a beautiful table. I'm very impressed. Thank you, Commissar. I, I feel sick. Oh, no! Santosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, how horrible! Good heavens! <laughs> oh dear, let me put you to bed. Please I'm excuse sick. me, gentlemen. I'm sick. 
I'm sorry, we must be going. The Commissar has lost his appetite. Don't worry, Arjun. He'll probably overlook this. I I don't know what to say. I'm humiliated. How could this happen to me? Arjun, come here! What what the Look! And it's bad, it's shaking! Mama, what's happening? Tap 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 tap. I'm trying, but I can't. Arjun, help us! Oh yeah, I'm trying, but I can't. I can't make it stop! Make it stop! Don't move, Raj. I will kill it with this rock. Don't miss, Santosh. Don't miss! I I missed! missed. (laughs) Oh no! Gasp. Ah! My leg, it bit me! I'll get a stick. (laughs) I I killed it, Raj. It's dead. See, I killed it. Oh, my leg! It hurts! (laughs) Santosh! I'm dying! Get help! I'm sick! Oh, my leg! Uh, I'll be right back, Raj. Hold on. Everything is turning black. Jesus, this fucking guy. <laughs> the fucking theatric. <laughs> Five days later at the local government clinic. My son is very sick, doctor. He started to sleepwalk. Can you help him? Holy shit, he looks like shit. Uh, I'll try. Bring him into my office. I'll give him a preliminary examination. How does this feel, Santosh? <laughs> Nurse, put him to bed. I'll talk to his mother. Now, tell me about your son. Well, doctor, he's been acting strange, and his bed shakes. Uh-huh, yeah, for how long? About 20 seconds. It's probably caused by an epileptic seizure. After 30 minutes of questioning. From uh, what you're telling me, it sounds like a little bit of brain damage. Roger, come quick! Uh, Gingenrib, me! I'm on fire, stop him, I'm burning, he's hurting me. Meow, rough, woof, woof, woof. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what is going on here. I think you better take him to Calcutta for tests. This is uh, a little beyond me. Government hospital. In Calcutta, India. Hmm, uh, nothing. Santosh, I'm Dr. Gupta, and I want to ask you some questions. Is there someone inside you? Yes, you, Mr. Gupta, and you're like a beer can. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Who is it? I don't know. Is he in there? now i don't know i want to speak to him will you let me speak would you let him speak to me yes come forward and answer me now are you in there what is your name i won't tell do you like santosh no do you want to hurt santosh I want to kill him. Smash! And he's he's got like a little baby arm, it looks like. (laughs) Like A little baby arm punching him. 
Mr. and Mrs. Lal, this is going to be very difficult. As you know, for three weeks, we have run countless tests from x-rays to EEGs by neurologists and even psychiatrists. And I'm sorry to say, we are at a complete loss. Frankly, we are dumbfounded. Dumbfounded? I'm bad at What are we going to do? Well, I have a suggestion, but I'm almost too embarrassed to mention it. Let's have it, Dr. Gupta. There is a slight possibility that Santosh has an evil spirit. And if that's the case, the problem is no longer medical. It becomes a spiritual problem. You're insane! There's no God! I don't even believe in spiritual things! See that old man, you're cool crazy! Arjun, please! Please, Arjun! <laughs> Doctor, if my son has an evil spirit, what can we do about it? You must find an exorcist. What is an exorcist? It's someone who can cast evil spirit out of Santosh. Who would that be? I'm sorry, I don't know. Ah, I must see my old priest. Maybe he'll forgive me for becoming a communist. Doubt it. <laughs> I hope he can help us. That's the that's the other unforgivable sin, isn't it? Denying the Holy Spirit and then becoming a commie. Those two things. I think so. I'm pretty sure. All right, who, Please, I must talk to you about my son. He has an evil spirit. You know why he has this evil spirit? I'll tell you why. In his former life, he was a vile, loathsome creature. He's getting just what he deserves. What should I do? Throw his worthless carcass into the Ganges River and be rid of him. All he does is blame everything on the actions of a former life. <laughs> this one guy represents the entire religion, and now he's nullified it all for now and forever. I picked up some ugly rumors. I'm not black. <laughs> I, I picked up some ugly rumors that a young man in our village named Santosh has become possessed by an evil spirit. Jim, what, what do you say about... What did you say on the plane about the occult? Uh, no comment. Hand me that blue book entitled Biblical Demonology, please. Here it is. Honey, there's a page missing. Who been looking at this book? Why, Sabu! He wanted to see that picture wife. of the devil. <laughs> this is the wife talking, but whatever. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's <just> honey. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sabu! Honey. That's Could true. you bring him in here? <laughs> Sabu, did you take the picture of the devil? Yes, sir. Oh, why? I got it for Santosh. Now I understand. Poor Santosh here playing with fire. We got to help that boy. Is that the little piece of shit that got bit by a snake? Uh, No, that was Raj. Raj got I'm just assuming Raj died. I assume so, although <laughs> she's still on the hunt, right? She's still on the hunt trying to help her kid. So We haven't seen the kid. Holy we haven't seen that he's in the hospital still. Holy man. Will you pray for my son? He's very ill. It, it's going to cost you. I understand. 
Show me the Show way. Show me them and, uh, titties. <laughs> Show me the way and leave me alone with them. Of course. Well, well, my old friend Ganesh. How did you know me? I've known you since. You set fire to your neighbor's house. <gasps> Nobody saw me. That that was 30 years ago. Who is this person? Crash! <laughs> <laughs> no! Mrs. Law, we've come here to help Santos. Are you doctors? No, ma'am, but we believe God sent us to India to help your son. Okay, that checks out. Please come in. He's in there in the room, very cold. We understand. <sighs> <sighs> Get out of here. Why is he afraid? Why is he cowering? Well, because the demon knows we're covered in the blood of Jesus, and he's powerless against us. Santosh, do you want us to help you? <laughs> Go away. Help me. He wants us to help. It won't be long, Santosh. It won't be long, Santosh. It's almost over. The Lord will release you. <laughs> uh, Who's talking? Oh, Mr. Lau, we'll be back in a few days. We're going to go into prayer and fasting, and the Lord Jesus will free your son. Is there any change? The is Bible change? says Satan is a defeated foe. I understand. Please come back. Demons have no power unless the individual opens up and gives them power to invade his life. How do you mean that, Pastor? Well, in your country, they're using Ouija boards, astrology, magic, sorcery, and hallucinogenic drugs. And Hollywood, and TV, and them news media, and them all glorifying Satan and such, and those don't know the Bible, they just eating it all up. Let's talk about that old loser, the devil. He's that father of lies. Why does this satanic thing become so prominent? Because the devil knows that Jesus is coming soon, and he's out to blind those minds of unbelievers and destroy and confuse them with them false religions. Doesn't he appear as an angel of light to <laughs> set up new religions? Uh, yeah, Tim. Millions will be lost because Satan convinced them there's many roads to heaven. Remember, Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, and he is the truth and the life, and no man come to the Father by Jesus only. Why? Because Jesus is God Almighty. No wonder Satan tries to discredit the Bible. He's my favorite character so far. Satan knows he's doomed. I don't care who's saying this. Satan knows he's doomed. And when a Christian submits himself to God and resists the devil, what does Satan do? He flees! That's right! He takes off, and a joyful Christian drives him wild. And that's what James 4, 7 says. When you face Santosh, don't ask the... I don't know who the fuck I'm... I think this is the old man. When you face, when you face Santosh, don't ask the demons any questions. Remember, creator is... Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
This is a deadly serious business. Some didn't know the Lord have attempted to cast out demons and were attacked by them. You mean you like, like the seven sons of Shiva, Skiva, something in the books of Acts? Yeah, Jim. Those boys got more than they bargained for. In Luke 10, 19, the Bible says, Behold, I give unto you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's really cool. Let's pray before you go and see Sandhouse. Gracious Father, <laughs> gracious <laughs> loving Father, we, we ask you to go before us because the battle's yours. Mr. Lyle, we're ready. May we see Santosh. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> He's come in. Everyone wants him whenever you do the voice, right? We pray, dear Father, that you cover this room with the precious blood of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. No! No! Is that noise coming from Santosh? Yes. Arjun, why are those Americans in your house? Dear Christians. But you're a communist. <laughs> if they can help, if they can see my son, you do the same thing. I heard Santosh has turned into a monster. Something evil's in that house. Even more evil than communists. It's horrible if our holy man failed. What can a Christian do against this thing? Crunch! Oh, dude, he smashed up his fucking... The, the gin lamp. <laughs> There's no way you can get me out of this ugly pig. I'll kill him first. Help, help, Reverend Hayes. My friend Raj, he's been bitten by a cobra. Oh, no. Where is he? Oh, are you sure a snake bit him? It bit him all right. Let's hurry. There. There's the pit. He's in there. Raj, Raj, are you all right? Let's go down. Oh, my. The poor boy. How sad. Is he? Is he dead? Yes, Santosh. Your friend is dead. We've got to take him home. It's all over. The creator of the universe. Jesus Christ has given us the power to cast you out of Santosh. You lying fools. <laughs> you have no power over me. After I kill Santosh, I'll kill both of you stinking dogs. <laughs> Dear Lord, we commit Santosh into your hands. Yes, Lord. Father, when James and Tim pray, Answer their praise in a mighty way. The top communist doctor in Calcutta couldn't help him. No one in the party really cares. If these men can help Santosh, I'm willing to become a Christian. This is kind of, right, you're not supposed to bargain, right? And this is kind of mm -hmm. bargaining. So when I, he's sitting right here, hardcore. Me too, me too, Arjun, me too. Get away from me, you filthy man of God. <laughs> That's fucking my throat in the, up. <laughs> in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you to come out. Ah! <coughs> oh, 
Mama! Mama, I'm all right! Oh, Santosh, oh, my son. We want to become Christians. Will you show us how? Well, that's why we're here, Mr. Lau. Gentlemen, the scripture, y'all. All the things work together for good. And for them, for the love of God to them who are called according to his purpose. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I don't know if that bitch is supposed to say something. You'll be Come late. On, you'll be late. Pam, everyone in the entire village has turned to Christ. What an answer to prayer. Did you hear them villagers? They're going to rebuild the chapel. <laughs> oh, that was late. Yes, Miss Hayes. I've got to get going. Uh, oh, I've got to go on a way present for y'all. Y'all can double team me and do one of them awful towers, <laughs> but you don't have to open it till you're on the plane. Oh, this is a uh, I don't know, Mrs. Santosh. Thank you, Santosh. What's in the package Santosh gave us? It's a, it's a, it's ticking. It's making a ticking noise. <laughs> <laughs> it's little pieces of paper, Tim. It's missing a page. It's, it's the picture of the devil. Hey, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Goodbye, my big brothers. Goodbye. Uh, God bless you both. Bien. Didn't Raj attend your mission, Reverend Hayes? I believe I saw him there once. Raj talked to me about God and the devil. Is there a real devil? Yeah, Sam Tosh. He's real. Is the devil strong? Could my dad beat up the devil? Uh, yeah, Sam Tosh, but um, my God in heaven is stronger. What about the 300 million gods of India? Those are false gods. Those are, those are demons. You shut up, you little bastard. Uh, because... okay. That sounds right. <laughs> They're all they're all all false gods because the devil is <laughs> all over them. Excuse me, Miss Sa uh, excuse me, Santos. I got more important things to do, like throwing this fucking dead kid down in the Ganges. What happened? My baby, no! My baby, Lord, my baby is dead. I wonder if the devil could have helped them. Two weeks later. Who's talking Harvey. here? Old lady? Yeah. Harvey, Harvey Hayes, you be careful now. I wish you'd let a younger man fix that roof. You might get hurt. Oh, can't wait, honey. These big rains will be here in a few weeks. I promise to be careful. <laughs> Santos, did you hear the news? Reverend Hayes fell off the ladder and broke both of his legs. <laughs> So his God let him down? That old man lied. The devil is stronger than his God. USA. Glencoe International. Operator Timothy Clark, please. One moment, please. Mr. Clark, my name is Mr. Kierning of the World Tours Travel Agency. This may sound weird, but a strange old man put $3,000 in an account for you. What? Did he give his name? No. He said something about God, and he sounded like a real religious nut. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mr. Keening. May God richly bless you. Oh, I mean my big mouth. 
Francis, God never makes mistakes. This accident was for some good reason. I sense a great spiritual battle was taking place. And, and also the, the gonorrhea. He he meant for that to happen, too. Honey, I, I'm so glad your dick don't work no more. I'm getting that new Indian pool boy with a big thick shaft. I just <laughs> finished a letter asking for the Crusaders to come and help us. I'll post it right now. I want that big, juicy black one to come help you. God doesn't make mistakes. Sabu, Sabu. you always <laughs> wanted a new knife, didn't you? Of course, Santosh. It's beautiful. You can earn it if you do me a favor. Like what? It's not gay if you use, if I move your arm. <laughs> <laughs> You know my father is a communist, and he won't let me go to Mission Station. So, I want you to ask Miss Hayes to show a picture of the devil in a book. And I want you to bring me the picture. Okay. Mrs. Hayes, what does the devil look like? Do you have a picture of him? Sabu, you don't want to look at the devil. You look at Jesus. Please. All right, you dumb piece of shit. But it's just an artist's conception. So that's him? I'm busy, Sabu. Get the fuck out of here. Just put the book back when you're done. Yes, Mrs. Hayes. Thank you. Here's your picture, Santos. I want my knife. Here it is. How hard was it to get? No, it was easy. Was it hard to get? <laughs> that that night. night. You're not very pretty, and you cost me my new knife. But I'll still make this work somehow. By looking at a goddamn picture. <laughs> <laughs> Please pray all the false gods who are under you. So, I'm going to pray to you, Mr. Devil. We'll see what kind of powers you have. Back in Mr. Harris's office at Glencoe International. Gentlemen, it looks like your next trip to India. Your goddamn, it looks like your next trip to India. I've received a letter from Francis Hayes. It seems Reverend Hayes has had an accident and he's asking you to help join him. I'll sense you. I sense it was India in my prayers. Well, that's where the good Lord supplied the money for the plane tickets, even while Mr. Hayes was writing to us. Where do we go, Mr. Hayes? Right away, right. gentlemen. Flight 217 for Calcutta, India. I wonder what the Lord has in store for us. Man, I hope it don't have nothing to do with the account. The instant Santosh received Jesus as his Lord, he became the property of God and off limits for Satan. When we join God's family, Christ takes charge of our lives and the devil cannot get his hands on us. Hey, man, don't mess with the occult. <laughs> All it's going to do is give you fear. Get away from Satan by receiving Jesus Christ into your heart. And get to know the great feeling of your sins being forgiven. The peace of mind 
this may be your last chance. So don't blow it, sucker. This is the coolest thing ever. Hey, man, don't mess with the occult. <laughs> I don't know how much we're supposed to read, but... Oh, dude, go up, go up, go up, go up. Is the next one the Jesuits? Which one? <laughs> I can't uh, well, well, no, no, the, because the, the Alberto series comes after, I think, you work through these. And then you oh, okay. get into the Alberto series. I, the, I think that's how those it works. are the ones I remember the most as a kid. It was the Alberto series. I didn't even remember the white guy and the black guy. Like I barely, I remember Alberto. Yeah, yeah, same like, here. And I remember the cover. I specifically remember the covers of the Godfathers here. Yeah, and this uh, Angel of Light one was one the of my Force. Favorites. The Force is the one I remember right next to the Godfathers. That's a fucking super scary one. Hell yeah, dude. I remember Scarface a lot. I remember this one. Angel of Light. Yeah, dude. These are fucking sweet. The Prophet. I fucking can't wait till we start talking about Muhammad. We're going to get some people so fucking angry. The, the betrayal was the um, uh, Lincoln assassination one. Dude, fuck yes. Uh, this is a fantastic series. <laughs> I'm so glad this fucking exists. The Alberto series. Okay. No shit. So the Alberto series, it is a crusader thing, but it's like, it's its own separate thing, huh? Yeah. So, so Alberto Rivera was this guy that claimed to have, you know, been in these like top secret, uh, ex Jesuit sort of rituals. And he joined the chick track team. And in addition to this book here, he's got, um, what is it? Alberto for real. He uh, he goes on like this book tour and they're pumping this book about all of his findings. But at the same time, Jack Chick is basically like creating this mini series just entirely on what this Alberto guy was saying. Very similar to how he was using John Todd as his source for like occultism and a lot of the things that kind of get into the occult, like the exorcist stuff and some of the future ones is going to be drawing directly from John Todd. That's so fucking sweet, dude. <clears throat> Fuck yeah, dude. I'm fucking stoked. Oh, fuck yes, dude. So, I'm excited to get into the next one. Uh, let's just fucking talk. How yeah, you been, man? Yeah. I know, uh, I've been like, good. I've been good. I've been good. Besides, did you say the fucking hurricane, like, legit hit your house? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in Orlando, so we got you know, two nasty hurricanes this year. And I thought we were over with, and, uh, they just got finished, you know, repairing my fence and getting things just kind of like back to normal from the first one. And then it was like, surprise, another hurricane motherfucker. And it just knocked the fence back down again. Uh, so there's just the whole, and you know, rain was coming through like my roof. And, uh, so, you know, weather was, was not done with me yet for the year. And I don't think hurricane season ends until another two or three weeks from now. So there's still a chance that we could get blasted by another one. That's incredibly gay, man. My first job was a fence builder, actually. If I was anywhere fucking near you, I would come and I would help you fucking put your fence back up. Well, you, you know what? I've, it's like it, it got weak because the fence is probably 20 years old at this point. It's a wood fence and it's uh the, the rain just kind of sits there. So it, you know, sops up and it makes the post just completely crumble. So that's already happened. So then I took all the posts out and took an even bigger post and, you know, you know, screwed that post in, 
reburied that part and then put cinder blocks in front of it so that even if it tried to blow against it, it would have something to push up against, you know, under the earth so that it wouldn't go anywhere. And then the, you know, the hurricane came and broke those ones off. So it's like, you can only keep repairing it so many times until what am I going to like steel reinforce the entire wooden posts? And at that point, uh, yeah, I just need new posts or get like a vinyl PVC or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, dude. <clears throat> Switch to a fucking chain link fence. Switch to a different state. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Or just move like, I don't know, a couple hours from the fucking beach or something. Well, I mean, I'm in Central Florida, right? I'm in Orlando. So Are you really? Get, yeah, it doesn't get more inland than that. I can start going north, but even if you start going north, you could still get hit like a motherfucker. Like, it was hitting North Carolina and shit um, last time around, so... You, you basically have to leave the entire southeast if you really want to get away from it. But but to be honest, like all of the perks that come with being in Florida, especially after the last two or three years, like, fuck it, dude, I'll, I will take two hurricanes rather than whatever crazy shit's going on in California, for example. That's cool, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's also shitty. I have no idea that fucking I, I don't know fucking geography, apparently, especially Florida geography. I thought fucking Orlando was on the coast. <clears throat> That's I Miami. Mean, Is Miami on the fucking coast? Miami's on the coast. Fort Myers, Naples, Daytona, Fort Lauderdale. How uh, fuck Tampa. was Miami? Uh, I mean, honestly, it just depends. Every other time, if you look at the shape of Florida, dude, like the shape of Florida is literally shaped by hurricanes. Like, there's nothing else making that shape that comes and like takes a fucking little notch out of this side, and then it comes from the bottom and takes a little notch out of that side. So, like, no one's allowed to, you know, act like they're completely surprised that hurricanes are just keep blasting this shit. Like, it's it's what's fucking geoforming the entire state at this point. Oh, that's gay, man. I mean, I don't know. You know. Like you said, I think I might take that shit to move to Florida. It's just the fucking humidity for me that keeps me out of Florida. Oh, no, that's, 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 that problem's gone now, bro. <laughs> Humidity's gone. They Is that a it. thing? Yeah, DeSantis fixed that shit. That's dope. <laughs> <laughs> How does it feel to be in the reddest state in the country, dude? It, I'm, I mean, in Orlando, you don't feel it as much. Like, Orlando is the bluest part outside of Broward County, which was, you know, that the county that always got fucky with the, the votes. You know what I mean? But outside of Broward County, I'm in Orange County, and it doesn't get a lot bluer than fucking Orange County. So uh, if, if I drive about 40 minutes in any direction, it immediately becomes red. <laughs> but other, otherwise, like... My um, who was the guy that just got? It's like the uh, the male version of AOC, like the youngest um, sort of congressperson ever elected in history at this point, or something along those lines. He's from my district, essentially, and you know he's like the new AOC. So I got my own version of AOC now. Apparently, does he have a sweet ass? Is he cute? I mean, I would have to assume so. Yeah. Is he Latino? Is he spicy Latino? I honestly, I don't see color anymore. I, I've kind of evolved way beyond any of that. I have no idea what ethnicity you are. In fact, you, you could be Asian or Atlantean. I don't know. Sometimes people assume I'm Asian. I get that a lot, actually. People think I'm fucking half Japanese and shit. No, no fucking joke. 
Or I've gotten I've gotten Mongolian. How many, how many beers is that after? How many sakis? <laughs> Dude, I've gotten Mongolian before, which I think is pretty fucking funny. Uh, but usually people assume I'm a fucking beaner. I had an old lady hitting on me at a bar. I see it, I see it dude. The Chinese or the Japanese? No, the, no, I see, I see <laughs> the, the Mongolian. I see the Mexican <laughs> more than any of those. Yeah. No, I had some old lady hitting on me at a bar, and she was like telling me how fucking cute I was. And she told me I had a very fuck. What did she say? You were like a Mediterranean nose. Yeah, no, she was saying like filthy shit to me. And I was probably like, I was I was under twenty one, and I was in the bar, and people just assumed I was over twenty one, and so I was just sitting there getting hammered. And I would have bagged this old bitch. This old bitch, I would definitely would have hit her. Um, and then she was like, "Are you Italian?" And I was like, no, I'm Mexican. And she was like, oh. And then she stopped talking to me. <laughs> yeah, you should have you known that, you know, just yes. The answer would have been yeah. yes. In the I should have been a yes yeah. and. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm Italian and I'm hung. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stallion, bitch. <laughs> Oh, the good old it was, I remember that that was great because uh around the same time too well I think it was like 15 I think when I was 15 I started growing like a little shitty beard in but I realized that like that confidence act and I had a fake ID but at a certain point I didn't even need to use the fake ID anymore because I realized that if I just walked into a gas station and I wore like I, I worked at Kinko's at the time, so I wore like my Kinko's shirt, but I unbuttoned it and I had like a tie and I took the tie like half off. If I just walked into that gas station, like I had just had the roughest fucking week you've ever imagined, and I would just barrel like right towards the beer. So like as I'd walk in, if the the guy at the counter would be like, you know, hey, what's going on? I'd be like you know, fucking shitty night, man. You know, make my way to the beer and slam it down on the counter like fucking Fridays suck. How about you, dude? And and they'd always be like, I fucking feel it, man. They would just ring it up, not even ask a single question. Cause like someone coming in pissed off at work with the tie off and going right to the beer. Like they're not thinking, oh, this is a 17 year old kid trying to pull one over on me. They're like, damn, this this dude's fucking in a bad mood. I, I commiserate with him, you know, let's get him his beer and get out of here. So I just learned that, like, I didn't even need an idea at that point. You just always act like you're pissed off about your job, and fucking that worked beautifully. <laughs> fucking A, dude. I mean, our little fucking secret was just going to, like, the Filipino markets, because they didn't give a fuck. They didn't Ours cared more. I think there was <laughs> the most... In fact, I went to one, and... uh they read and like i had a fake id but it was my face and it was like it was legit id it just happened to have been modified but it was and it was my picture and they were swearing that like no that's not you and i was so angry i was like fuck you this is me like yeah the id's fake but don't fucking say that that's not me it's me what the fuck is the deal with people as soon as your id expires they won't let you buy beer they did that to me the other day. I had it was my new one was coming in the fucking mail or some shit. Yeah, it means your your age is just invalidated at that, but yeah. that point. You're like no, what you the no fuck do you need age. off of this goddamn ID? What do you need from that? You need to know that I'm over fucking 21. You see me full of fucking gray beards, and I have like a fucking dad bod, and I have a, like a fucking 15 year old with me. What do you fucking need to know? <laughs> I remember there was a, one of my friend's 18th birthday, 
um like everyone smoked newports because that was the coolest fucking thing in the world was to like just smoke newports chain smoke them in high school and one of my friends on his 18th birthday at like 11 59 p.m go like we all go to the gas station like a fucking line of high schoolers and he's like up in front of the window because you can't get in because it was in like a rough neighborhood so they do like the locked window outside and he tries buying them and the guy's like it's not midnight yet you know what i mean so we have to like wait like, <laughs> two or three minutes and then he goes to like okay you know i'm 18 now i'll take the pack and he's like I'm going to refuse you sale because you tried to buy them while you were under a, like he pulled. Some fucking <laughs> shit. But thinking back, like that probably was fun. Like if, if you yeah. were running the shop and you saw some fucking idiot kid with a bunch of fucking his friends, like it would just be fun to fuck with them, you know, two o'clock in the morning, whatever. Dude, I was such a psychopath at that age. I would have, I would have like smashed the windows or something. I mean, they I were bulletproof. Fucking... <laughs> I'd have been like, "Oh, is that your car parked in the parking lot?" <laughs> it was a simpler time because I also remember they used to have uh, like Parliament cigarettes, but they were under the counter in these huge baskets. So, like one, you know, one person would go up to like buy gas, whatever. And then if you had like a kid that was, you know, small enough, they could just be like grabbing these under the counter and the dude wouldn't even see them because they would just kind of hunch down a little bit and just fucking, you know, go through the entire thing. And you'd walk out with like, you know, pockets full of uh, packs of cigarettes. Dude, I mean, this is might be incriminating. I have no fucking idea how this worked, but there was a gas station that was like in the middle of town. This was in Eureka, California. And I remember going there with my buddy and the guy behind the counter worked. It was in a high school with us. The guy working there went to fucking high school with us. And he would just tell us, he'd be like, the cameras don't work. I don't fucking care. Take whatever you want. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> he was like, take whatever yeah, you dude. want. And I was like, Okay, so this is when they had like Heineken mini kegs. You know what I'm talking about? Those fucking mm -hmm. kegs. That yeah, are about, yeah. yeah, dude, I took like four of those, and then my buddy was just taking case after case of fucking it's a, beer. It's a good and, friend, man. Yeah, and he was just like, I can't get into the fucking. He's like, I can't get into the vault or like, yeah, whatever it is, because it's like that's like on a timer, that's like on a lock. I can't like, like you can't take the fucking money out of there. But just take. <laughs> All the beer, all the cigarettes you want, go. And I was like, is this a setup? Are we going to get fucking arrested? But, like, we just started doing that every weekend, and he didn't give a fuck. Yo, I had a, we had a couple of arrangements <laughs> like that, too, man. And it, it's far enough now that, like, I don't think anyone could get in trouble for that. We have a couple of friends that worked at, like, TJ Maxx and Marshalls. You just go through, and they would just ring up $700 worth of clothes and just void it all out, and you'd be on your merry way. And we got game boys from walmart's and shit but we also had a friend that worked at like a sam's club and they had like one of those big stacks of beer and it just happened to be right next to an emergency exit so like there was just this arrangement where you'd just go and park your car in the parking lot that was like five or six feet away from that exit and you know if you could just whatever you could put in your hands and just run out that door and if he was working the shift then no one would come after you like the alarm would go off but there would be like no repercussions after that but there was a there was a, a kid that like 
knew about what we were doing but didn't understand the arrangement just thought like oh apparently if i just go to sam's and i run out with beer like i just get away with it and had no idea that like you had to know who was working and like do it on a certain day and like you know like the planets had to be aligned and that dude went and tried it and he got his ass caught and arrested so uh you know like sometimes you gotta know the secret handshake in order to uh to get away with it right fucking a dude i'm trying to remember what the fuck we used to do i used to have a homie that would work in the meat department at this little tiny co-op and like they would have like these really nice like fucking grass-fed whatever kind of fucking like like ribeyes and fucking fillets and shit and i knew that knew the dude so he'd wrap me up any fucking steak i wanted and then he put like stew meat And so (laughs) you just wrap that shit up, type it up, fucking stew me. And I'd be paying like five bucks for like $50 worth of fucking ribeyes and shit. It was fucking wild, dude. I got one other one that's sort of on these lines too, where I had, again, in high school, I had a friend that worked at Dunkin' Donuts and he did the closing shift. And again, like if, if you knew ahead of time and you let him know, he would take all the donuts at the end of the night and put them into one garbage bag and then take all the actual trash and put that into like a separate garbage bag and whatever. And when he would go out the end of the night, he would put the donut bag like off to the side and let us know. And we would just drive by and grab this bag. And it was literally like 300 donuts, like fresh. You know what I mean? We'd go to school the next day and like just be the heroes of teachers and kids and principals, just like 300 donuts show up. You know what I mean? So again, like uh, one of our friends kind of like saw the pattern, but didn't understand all the different puzzle pieces at play. And just one night on like a random Tuesday, drove by Dunkin' Donuts as they were closing, grabs the garbage bag and they're driving around and everyone, it's dark, the the interior lights out. It's like an old movie, Forenza from like fucking 79 or something. Lights are out and everyone's just like grabbing in this bag and like eating. And someone's like, this one kind of tastes like oranges. Do they, do they have like, do they have orange, you know, donuts now? And someone's like, mine kind of tastes like coffee. So someone turns a fucking light on. And like, since no one told the dude, like it was just garbage mixed in with the donuts. So for like a few minutes, everyone was just reaching into this garbage bag and just straight eating garbage that was on the donuts from Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> That's fucking dope, man. That's cool, dude. I, you know, I, while we're on this weird fucking line of shit, my dad was a garbage man for a minute. And so he would just pick shit out of the trash and he'd find some fucking sweet stuff. And actually, some of the stuff we have, I think, might actually be worth money, dude. Like, uh, like one of the valuable things. So, like, this was like around Hollywood area like southern Mm -hmm. california and so he went through some trashes and anything that he thought was valuable you'd fucking throw in you keep and like some of the things are like old fucking like comics like old fucking like uh like disney comics but they were like the sheets of like different like fucking comics and like different like lay-ons or I, I don't even know how to explain it but they look fucking cool and those actually might be worth some money and the other ones is he found some like actual photos of marilyn monroe like 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 real photos of marilyn oh, monroe sure. that's kind of fucking dope that actually might be worth some money i have no idea but um 
But one thing he found was he found a bunch of like really nice Italian chocolates and they were all fucking sealed in a box and they were like really nice. And so yeah, he gave the back them, of a truck. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so he took these and he gave them to my, to my mom's mom. So he took, he gave them to his mother-in-law and like as a fucking gift and didn't tell her where they fucking came from. <laughs> so she pops these open and they had fucking tax in them. <laughs> like metal tax metal tax yeah she Jesus. took a bite and fucking cut her mouth <laughs> Jesus, dude! it looks like someone was like out to get whoever was taking the their italian chocolates from their garbage they're like this will get them <laughs> but the weirdest one that they found so this was back in like what fucking this might have been like like late 60s early 70s he found a briefcase and he opened up the briefcase and inside was like full, like I, I'm trying to remember. I think there was like 10 cartons of cigarettes. Hmm. And so he, he didn't fucking smoke cigarettes. So he gave them to his friend and his friend lit them up and they were like fully sealed packaged. They were marbles and he lit them up and they were fucking, and he was like, what the fuck is this? They're hash. They're fucking oh, like black. Shit. They were full fucking hash, and he was like, so he gave them back to my dad because he didn't smoke weed. He just smoked cigarettes. So my dad had all of these, and the weirdest thing, dude, they were fucking, like, sealed. They had all the fucking shit. They were Marlboro, but they were fucking weed inside, which is wild. <laughs> and badass. I, it's pretty badass. And then, like, uh, I guess there were some other fucking drugs, and this was, so this is when my mom was pregnant. I could probably figure out when this was because this is when my sister was born. I think my sister was born in 68. Something like that. I think my, my sister was born in 68. So she, uh, whatever other kind of drugs were inside of the fucking briefcase, this was like oh, Frank Zappa. I think they were at a Frank Zappa concert. Um, my mom tells me this story. And so I had to make the connections later. They were on acid and whatever drugs that were inside of the briefcase, they also stuck up their ass and they were partying. <laughs> Yeah, as you do. So they were taking, like, shoved a bunch of drugs with their ass, taking acid and smoking some of those fucking, those hash fucking marble cigarettes and shit. And then later she also tells me, man, I was so pregnant at that concert. I remember how (laughs) how fucking, and so I always like to bring this up to my sister because it was like, explains why you're, you are the way you are. It always blew my mind that Frank Zappa was actually pretty much a straight edge, that he didn't really do any drugs. I want to say, you know, I'm going to have to get the story from my mom. I'm pretty sure it was fucking Frank Zappa, but it could have been Velvet Underground. I think she went and saw the Velvet Underground. Well, they definitely did drugs. They definitely did drugs. (laughs) (sighs) That's funny, too, because my uh, my dad was a postman and uh, he did the exact same thing, though, because he'd be out on his route and drive by and see shit people were throwing out and he would just have this like mental and he would come home like hours late because after his rounds were over he'd get back in his van and drive back around to like all the places and just would come back constantly with a van just full of garbage uh and to this day i'm like i think most of his uh belongings are like hey you know this thing i found this in the trash and i cleaned it up and i fixed it and now it's the and it's like yeah okay that's nice but no one really needs a back massager from 1978 like it's great that it was free and that it still works but that was a big thing in my family dude i i wonder if that started from my dad because like some of my earliest fucking memories is my mom 
like giving me a boost like this and chucking me in the fucking in the garbage cans <laughs> looking for shit. Like I'd be in the garbage bin, like fucking rustling around. Uh, dumpster diving, dude. That was like literally what we'd do. We'd probably do that three times a week. We'd go fucking dumpster diving. I mean, it's it's free shit, man. It's free shit, and we were broke as fuck, dude. We were like halfway homeless like my mom was like in a fucking like a woman's shelter kind of thing so like we were just like looking like scrounging for food scrounging for like weird shit to sell like like yeah that's my fucking childhood it was fun (laughs) government cheese and fucking food stamps and And honestly i think it is a little bit more fun though because like you're together most of the time you know what i mean like you don't she didn't have a job yeah Yeah, you you also don't have the cash to like be sending the kids off to fucking art school and ymca every other day so like you're just always together and so you figure out ways to either make it fun or just absolutely hate every single part of it and then turn into like a very broken person later but either way (laughs) when you're a little kid you don't know what the fuck's going on you're like oh there's some cool shit in the garbage can this is dope (laughs) it's all free (laughs) i'd find like broken fucking toys like barbies without their heads on and shit and fucking hey man yeah dude no i i fucking enjoyed every goddamn minute of it I always had a fucking good attitude. I was always ready for a weird fucking adventure. And I kept that fucking attitude throughout my high school career. And even now, dude, I like weird, just fucking stupid adventures. Yeah. I I think some of my favorite adventures were just getting lost in the woods, like without water and just like getting to that point where you're like, I wonder if I'm ever going to make it back to civilization. And then you do. And like at the time, it's usually not very fun, but thinking back like those were always like the most fun versions of like it's always me getting lost and getting into into situations where i think that like it's gonna get really bad (laughs) those are fun man i actually remember like yeah just fucking getting lost weird places i remember i was probably 15 years old i was with one of my best buddies he had like terminal cancer they kept telling him he was gonna die And so they would take him down to San Francisco to like go to like the good hospitals to go and like get a full fucking checkout. And so he had to do that like every three or four months. Right. And so what we would do is like, we'd have like pocketfuls of cash and his mom would like, we'd stay at the McDonald's house, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. So we'd stay at one of those McDonald's house. Yeah. The Ronald McDonald's house. And so his mom was like a drunk and she'd just be like there or his dad was like a piece of shit. So like me and him would just be like, all right, we'll be back. And we just fucking run around San Francisco. And like he had the attitude of like, I'm like literally YOLO. Like I'm like, I could fucking die whenever. So let's do anything. And I was a fucking psycho. And so I was like, absolutely, let's do it. So I remember like one specific time we were like 14 or 15 years old. We'd had some fucking cash and like uh, his mom was a big pothead. So she gave us a bunch of fucking weed or like we stole the weed from her. So like we had like half an ounce of weed on us uh, and we got a hobo to buy us a bottle of like, um, like, like sour apple fucking Bacardi. And we had a bottle of Jägermeister. And so we were like, 
we probably had like 50 bucks on us. So we had 50 bucks. We had like half an ounce of weed. We had a bottle of fucking Bacardi and a bottle of fucking Jägermeister. And it was like noon in San Francisco. No supervision. Yeah, dude, this is like fucking dude. Papa Giorgio in Las Vegas <laughs> vacation, just hitting fucking jackpot best. after jackpot. <laughs> it was fucking amazing, dude. So, like, we went to, like, a fucking, like, we went to this weird park and, like, found, like, a homeless and, and like, campment with, like, like, teenagers. And, like, we sat there and got drunk and smoked a bunch of weed with them. And then, like, we made our way somewhere. Like, somehow we got down to Chinatown. And, like, I sat there and argued with this dude. I was like, I want to buy firecrackers. He's like, we don't have firecracker. I was like, I want to buy some fucking firecrackers. <laughs> Go fucking we, we make me firecracker. Yeah, I was like, and I, I just looked at him. I was like, I want to buy some fucking firecrackers. And the dude just kind of looks around like this. And he pulls some shit out from under the counter. I knew the motherfucker had firecrackers. <laughs> like they were those little M80s, you know, those little tiny, like, oh, yeah. bam. So we had like, so we had a bunch of those. We bought some samurai swords and we just fucking terrorized the town, dude. We just had such a goddamn blast, like throwing fucking M80s and swinging around samurai swords. And somehow we didn't get arrested or killed. And it, those are like my fucking primo childhood memories. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of the crazy shit that I'm sure that we both kind of did earlier, like it, it's not even an option anymore, right? Like it, you'd, be no in jail. You, you'd be yeah. an eight-year-old <laughs> in jail for doing some of the shit that we were up to, you know what I mean? There's just like, okay, I'll tell you, maybe this is personal information, but fuck it, whatever. Everybody knows me at this point. Like, I got a fucking, like, a Facebook message from, like, one of my son's friend's parents, right? And they were like, do you recognize these kids? And, it, like, anyways, they, like, my son was, this is fucking uh, on Halloween. My son is hanging out with his friends, and they a big group of them together, and these little dumbasses that they didn't even know very well were like hanging out with them. Like as they're trying to fucking like do uh trick or treats, these, <laughs> you can see it. Cause like this person sent me the ring camera video. You can see the little shits that were behind him. They were like smashing shit. They stole something and like took a case of beer. And I'm like, you just can't get away with shit anymore. Like yeah, you crazy. have to assume everyone has a fucking ring camera. That's like crazy. everything's fucking surveilled. Like <laughs> it's just yeah, and, and it's funny too bad. because like not only do they have the ring camera, right? But like everyone on the block has the ring camera, they've got the night vision, and then they all go on to next door and they all like they all like stitch it together and get all yeah, like from house CSI to house. Yeah. Yeah, that happens in in our neighborhood too, where someone will get like their truck stolen and all of a sudden people are like coming together and Sherlock Holmesing it out. Like, yeah, oh, well, well, that's actually kind of cool. Thing. Well, it's, yeah. it's the cool yeah. part, but now it applies the shitty to part everything. Is, let the fucking teenager smash your pumpkins and steal your beer. Like, that's like, I don't know. <laughs> you gotta let the kids be kids, man. Like, I don't want my son fucking drinking beer and acting like an asshole, but at the same time, I get it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't uh, think it even compares, dude. It can't even. No. I don't. I don't even want to get into some of the things, but I, I can guarantee that it doesn't compare at all. <laughs> yeah, man, it's too bad. Kids have no idea. Well, and it, it always progresses. I remember at one point, uh, I think I was in in high school or middle school, and I got in a lot of trouble because I had brought a 
uh, a knife to school and it wasn't like a fucking bowie knife or anything it was like you know a swiss army knife or some shit um but i like i was i was being a little shit and i wasn't holding the knife up to anyone but i had like a screwdriver on it like a like a corkscrew so i would pull that out and i'd you know screw you or something like i'd like something stupid but dude like it almost escalated to the point of like an expulsion and like a fucking record and shit and i remember my dad getting so pissed off and going into the school and like we used to bring knives and you know have knife fights with each other when i was a kid we had knife fights and no one got in trouble over that and it was like it's a different period of time now but dude now now if you just say the word knife in a classroom or draw a picture of a knife like you're going home and you're not coming back into school anymore and now you've got all sorts of fucking legal issues and the parents are in trouble right it's a little it's a little insane in that regard I hate to say the word that's so fucking gay, but goddamn, is it gay as fuck? Yeah, and that's man. not even a, that's not even like a hyperbole, right? Like that literally is the kind of shit that happens now. No, absolutely, dude. No, I mean, I I was a fucking kid too. I don't know. We're probably around the same age. I fucking had a razor blade. I like stole like a some dude that was fucking my mom had like some exacto knives. And so, like, I took one of his exacto knives and I fucking threw it in my backpack, and I was like cutting shit and stuff. Like, I don't know what I was doing. I was like, well, I remember I was probably one, being one of destructive. my favorite, one of my favorite toys was fire. Like, yeah. that was my favorite toy for a, a little while because it was so cheap, right? Like, <laughs> somebody showed me how a fucking magnifying glass would like kill things, and I was like, this is fucking awesome. So I'd oh, spend hours on there. I remember <laughs> setting things on fire. Yeah, someone dude. had gotten their hands on the Anarchist Cookbook, and there was another one called like the Terrorist Handbook or something like. And uh, and it I told you how one. to make <laughs> the the Terrorist Handbook in particular told you how to make sodium di- sodium diodide crystals. I'm I'm probably mispronouncing that, but you would like make these little purple crystals, and you could put them inside of like duct tape. And if you threw them, they would explode and leave this huge, big purple cloud of smoke and like stained purple shit. And it had a recipe for making like hydrogen gas where you would take strips of like tin foil and put it in liquid plumber, I think, and put a balloon on top and it would fill up with hydrogen gas and like tie a little wick to it and light the wick and it would fucking have this huge explosion up in the air. So, but like those were the toys for us for a while toys were just like making you know like biochemical warfare and fucking setting things on fire and <laughs> well dude i had a buddy that was like my one of my best fucking friends and his dad was like a raging alcoholic but like a really functional one like homie would work like 12 hours a day and he was just like mm-hmm just a fun fucking awesome dude but he would get drunk and make stupid decisions so like we would go and like he he was rich too he had a lot of fucking money and so we'd buy all the fucking fireworks and then the funnest thing was taking like an old two liter bottles and he'd be like let's go make bombs and i was like (laughs) okay and so we were just like emptying every like piccolo pizza and everything and just filling up fucking two liter bottles and then lighting them boom and we would just do that for hours, dude. And because, like, and he had like unlimited money, unlimited fireworks, and he just let us do whatever the fuck we wanted because he was just hammered. That was that honestly sounds fun. pretty. That's like a Pleasure <laughs> Island shit, bro. That's some dude, fucking great. Pinocchio Pleasure Island shit for sure, dude. Because then I had a homie in high school that I saw, like, I don't know, I hadn't seen him for a minute, and then like 
I fucking saw him again. I was like, what's up, man? And he like, he went to high five me and he had like, there was this many, you can't see, but he had like two fingers left because mm. <laughs> he had been doing the same thing and blew his fucking fingers off. Like I mean, I, I absolutely fuck. loved as a kid having Roman candle fights. It was like the thing that I looked Dude, forward to. We used to pretend we were Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. Examor Cadabras, <laughs> like shoot each other with Roman candles. Fuck the, yeah. the, and like every year, there'd always be like one person that got like really horribly burned or something, you know what I mean? But it was just part of it. It was like, oh, it wasn't me this year, thank God. <laughs> Did, oh, man. So this is probably a federal crime. I don't know if I should talk about it. <laughs> I will, anyways. So uh, a buddy like told us, like an older buddy, like his. I don't know, his brother or something told us how to make napalm back in the day. So, like, we were, like... The concentrated uh, orange juice and gasoline, right? Uh, that might work. What we would do is we would take fucking shit tons of styrofoam and we would soak it in gasoline until it would just, like, turn into this goo and okay. you light it and it just wouldn't go out. You could do anything and it wouldn't go out. So then we'd, like, fill up, like, <laughs> Ziploc bags. We'd fill up fucking, like, like water bottle, like water... Uh, uh, water balloons. We were trying to make water balloons down the courthouse. <laughs> dude, we were burning all kinds of shit. And I remember, well, I do you want to hear the funny story or the incriminating story? I want to hear the incriminating story. Okay. By far. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you both. Just which one's which or which one's first. So, um, I guess the so I wasn't there. <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah, no, I, I, I wasn't there too. I, <laughs> I really you. wasn't there. So I was. So my friends were like fucking playing with the napalm, doing this shit, and like this was around like old a, John and Doe, those fucking rascals. John and Doe, dude. No, for <laughs> real. And they like they like burned down uh, the fucking forest ranger station on accident, <laughs> and it just went up, and they couldn't fucking get it to go out, and they ran. <laughs> that just that just happened and so that was uh so that's one thing that happened and i'm pretty sure that's a federal crime and i wasn't there yeah, those jane and joe were there, wasn't there. Like 1997, yeah. right? <laughs> there was no one there it was like a fucking like this is a podunky kind of place uh i wasn't even there my friends were there and they fucking like accidentally set a fire that they couldn't fucking stop and it like at a ranger station. Well, and that's why there's no more fucking spotted owls in that region of <laughs> California. Uh, but, so, then a funny story is, like, we were setting off, like, some napalm, like, burn it and shit, and my buddy, like, he thought it was out, kind of, and so he went to go, like, stomp it, and, like, so he stomped it, and it just kind of, like, popped a pocket that, like, that still had some, and it just fucking got all of on his shoes and like started like catching his fucking legs on fire and just like went up his body and he was like rolling around on the grass. Anyways, he was like horribly fucking burned, horribly burned, but he had no hair left, no eyelashes, no fucking eyebrows, nothing. And it was just, we just like, we just like laughed at him forever, dude. His name dude, is Mike. Fire teaches <laughs> lessons that you don't forget. Oh, dude, he looked awful <laughs> he looked so bad he looked he looked like he had alopecia there was nothing left <laughs> that was a terrible summer dude and just watching his eyebrows slowly grow back it was pretty fucking fantastic the, the movie powder <laughs> i think it was mostly just his fucking ankles that were most like his ankles and shins that were pretty fucking burned up <laughs> 
Good times, man. And I will not say what city, what state that fire or that uh, ranger station was in. I And I don't know who was there. They were just some friends of mine. <clears throat> I was there <laughs> under duress. They blindfolded me. They put a bag over my head on the way there. That's funny, man. I wonder if anybody could actually like listen to this and try to tie it all back. They probably could. <laughs> <laughs> is there statute that, limitations on setting napalm into a uh like a federal reserve or a federal reserved area Probably how fuck not. old would i have been well i wasn't i swear to god i actually really wasn't there my friends did this i wasn't there uh um legitimately i wasn't fucking there uh but i did see it like the next day and i was like holy shit um but this would have been i would have been like 12 that is like 22 years ago, man. So I, I think I'm good. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> because now, now you don't have to worry about like the wrong person hearing it. Now you just have to worry about AI parsing it and then just fucking putting a little, you know, red flag next to your name. You know, when is that going to be when like AI, like how far away do you think that is? AI hears something like this. It goes back, it finds it, but then like it sends you like it's it starts like the warrant start like you know what I mean? It starts like the arrest. Oh no, it's it's gonna be like demolition man, where it's like you know, we've detected an infraction and here's an eighty dollar fine for something that you said, and it's gonna be retroactive, you know, it's gonna go back through because I remember that when uh like cell phones and, and SMS text messaging and uh like the very first leaks where it was like you know these companies are reading and storing all of your messages and they're recording everything and the most common retort would have just been you know who's got time like who who in the nsa is sitting down and listening because no one really knew about machine learning and ai just fucking parsing everything and picking like no one knew how advanced that was going to be within two decades so now it's like Okay, great. Yeah, if we've if we've been recording all text messages and all phone calls and just everything since the late 90s and they just put it all on fucking Iron Mountain or whatever, you know, they've just stored it in these data centers at a certain point AI like they're never going to delete that and it's just always going to be historical record and the AI training and they're just going to know shit about you and they're going to know things about all of us that we don't even know about ourselves cuz we're so fucking biased about ourselves that you know the ai is actually going to know you better in some ways it's like the people i mean the, the most obvious versions are like the people that start getting mail about like fucking pregnancy um sort of like supplies where like the store and the ai knows that you're pregnant before you are because your habits and your taste change but dude like that that's the most obvious version of target ai sort of getting poked out but dude imagine like all of the other aspects of our lives that like are already known and just like these quantified metrics, you know, like we all have it on us. Like we all have the social scores. I think that just no one wants to play their hand. Like no one wants to let the rest of the world know how, you know, how fucking pinned down everybody is. Oh, cause there, there's like a, <laughs> there's a, there's a legal reason why, for example, Google can't say, this is Nate. Like, I know this is Nate, and here's his IP address, and here's his fucking internet behavior. 
like there's a, a legal fucking red tape somewhere where they're just not allowed to pair you, Nate, as an individual person and everything they know about Nate with this behavior. But it's just there as this legal formality because they fucking know, dude. Like they know who you are, even if you go on a VPN and even if you like, you know, go to Russia and it goes to Singapore. And even if you do all that shit, just your browsing behavior alone, it's almost like having a gate signature, a heat signature. Like you have a certain like way that you navigate the Internet and that actually just that behavior alone can single you out. But because of that legal red tape, they're just not allowed to connect this little you know, fucking Nate shaped figure with this little Nate shaped figure. But the second that the law says like dissolves that little legal aspect. Now all of a sudden it's like, okay. And by the way, we know who we've known who you were since the nineties. And here's like your entire profile and here's everything you've ever searched for. And here, like, they just know this shit. And like, you don't know, bro. Like you don't have a fucking full history of everything that you've ever searched for unless you're a maniac. But someone has that shit, and now they like that's power, right? That's knowledge and information they have over you. So, how many like Google employees have access to those records? Because that is some fucking power. Like, if I worked for fucking Google and I could go and access those records, I could be a real dick and dig up some shit on people. I mean, Google might be a special case just because they've been under so much scrutiny and eye. But I don't know if you've you ever seen the uh, there was a Uber TV show um, on HBO or something that I don't know if you haven't seen it. But essentially, the concept was that the uh, like the um, origins of Uber, you know, like the car app and the Uber Eats app, it's kind of based on that same premise where like they knew who, who you were and where you were. And they could kind of tell if you were like going to get a taxi or if you were going to get an Uber or anything. And they could like pinpoint individual people out and know like who that person was and send a specific car to get that. Like they had this granular fucking knowledge and they were lying to Apple about saying like, oh, no, like, you know, we've disabled all this stuff. We don't know anything about this granular tracking on where they are. But they fucking knew the whole time. And and so much of it is based on the honor system. It's like twitter or google or uber just promising like oh no we don't keep your identifying information and the only thing stopping them would just be getting audited and someone finding out that they are indeed doing it and then there's a lawsuit and blah 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 blah. but like even then right like they just pay the fucking fine and it's cheaper than not doing it because the amount of fucking money they make from knowing when to sell you that fucking you know dude that data is worth so much more money than (laughs) any fine yeah. Well, and and if you think between short term and long term, right? Like Google, if they're trying to build that Fabian Society generational Illuminati wealth that builds over, you know, generations and not just over like a decade, they're playing the long game. So even if they have to pay all sorts of money and lose all kinds of money, the fact that they're going to know everything about your entire family line, you know, going back five or six generations, no one's going to be able to compete with that. Yeah, man. Who do you think right now is probably the most powerful organism in the fucking like organization? Do you think it's Google? But like the ABC Corporation, right, owns fucking Google, so or like uh, Alphabet Incorporated, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's also the uh, there's a venture capital arm of the CIA 
that's like it's it's publicly known but like they're the ones that go out there and invest in all the sorts of like new stuff too so they tend to see it around the same time as it's getting developed so it will be hard to pinpoint a certain company because those little plants and and like those little cia backed venture capitalists like they get their little paws into all these different things it's it's the same thing as like the mk ultra project right so mk ultra it wasn't the government going out and creating all these different projects it was them going around to like universities and being like ah oh, this dude's kind of fucked up he's just like dosing people with lsd and giving them electroshock and just doing crazy shit let's give him some more money to just like have him turn that shit up to 11 and then he has to send all of his notes to us and he's not allowed to send to anyone else and that's kind of it's the same concept like you go out and you find people already doing the crazy shit and you just be like, hey, how about this cash injection? Do more crazy shit. But like now we own your research and your findings. Like we know about it. No one else knows about it. So it's the exact same concept, I think. Dude, the best story I've heard about from MK Ultra, and dude, sometimes I'll get to that later. <clears throat> but it was this one specific dude that would like he was a piece of shit and like a fucking whoremonger. Like he just loved fucking hoes. Right. So like he would set up at like whorehouses. Right. And he would set up with like uh, the double sided mirrors. Right. And he yes, this guy was uh, George Hunter white is the guy's name. Could definitely be that guy who uh, we might be talking about the same dude. And he like, he would specifically be posted up like on a toilet. So yep. he would like sit on a fucking toilet and he said that he would just pour himself like martini and he would just have like a fucking pitcher full of martinis in a refrigerator. And so he'd just sit there and get tanked and shit himself while he's just watching hookers fuck dudes all day long. And I was like, I got, this I sounds like the best fucking job in the world. You're just sitting there. <laughs> okay. So this is a uh... screen share. Yeah, this is page one of my yes, right comic here. Um, Operation Midnight Climax. So here's the dude sitting on the fucking toilet <laughs> behind the one the the one way mirror. And if you notice, he's eating an artichoke, which is a nod to um art you know the mind control artichoke. Yeah. He's got the bluebird on his shoulder, you know, as Project Bluebird, and then he's got the LSD twenty five vials back here. He's got his fucking liquor because he was just like fucking chain smoking and drinking like a cricket, like a maniac. Um, and like you mentioned, he would just sit back here and he didn't want to miss anything. But I assume also he was just like this weird, sadistic, you know, dude that was just drunk all the time. So, yeah, he, he fucking fucking put a porta potty in this little room. So he never had to leave. So he would just fucking sit here the entire time. The other, like, I'll show you some other pages in this comic because the dude is is actually insane. He started as a news reporter, and some of his first interviews and stories were on like mafia bosses. So he had this like in with the mafia. Um, then he fucking joins like the precursor to the the FBI, essentially. So now he's like, not only does he know these mafia guys as a journalist, now he kind of knows them as like this dirty cop in a way. Um, and he and he ends up busting this one dude right here named Loom Soon Git that he called Charlie. And he was he found this dude selling opium out of a fake leg. The dude would take his leg off and then sell like little balls of opium and then put his leg back on. So he catches this dude and in catching him unveils this whole fucking secret society of like these like Asian assassins. And he literally gets goes through initiation 
through like a fucking whole ritual where they like cut him and do like a bloodletting ritual and shit gets initiated into this secret society of fucking like asian assassins and then ends up uh soon after sort of working as a precursor for the cia the oss he interviews fucking lucky luciano he interviews a whole bunch of different mob bosses that uh he sort of had already connections from his earlier place in life this is all before the mk ultra program starts so his entry is through wild bill donovan wild bill donovan is like one of the oh fucking g's of the oss leading into the cia and he had a fucking knack for um just giving people drugs like he had this fucking hard on for finding drugs and dosing people with them so he gets george hunter white as sort of to be like one of his main guys and george hunter white excels at it so much that he becomes the cia's like known guy if you need someone to just like dose people your connection to whores or prostitutes or pimps or just crime in general this was your dude and it was both between san francisco and new york i think he had like two different safe houses that he went between um so yeah he fucking um the same guy george hunter white arrested um billy holiday so like he's like rubbing shoulders with some fucking you know some some uh some celebrities and shit that's fucking wild, man. I I sometimes wonder. So the second half that I was gonna say is I wonder how much my dad was involved in this shit. Because like I sometimes think my dad might have fucking been like an asset or something. Because I know that he. I think I told you this before. Um, when Charlie, when Charles Manson got fucking uh, busted. Like he saw him on TV and he goes, what's Charlie doing on TV? He was like mm-hmm. homies with Charles Manson. He was, he was one of the guys who was selling him the asset. So he was selling him the fucking drugs that all those fucking, those people took when they fucking went nuts, which is pretty funny. <laughs> and <clears throat> my dad also had this house and like, they named it after the song. I'm sure they called it the house of the rising sun. And they had this fucking house and they would like sell hookers in it. And I heard stories of them like, I like I don't even know like they fucking killed the hitchhiker and like buried his body in the back and they like it was just this weird fucking house and they were just selling tons of drugs out of it and I'm like this sounds like there was some fucking CIA op shit going on because like otherwise how the fuck didn't they get caught for doing all that wild shit? Seventies. <laughs> it was the seventies. Yeah. It could. Yeah. I have no idea, dude, but I like hearing the fucking stories about my dad. Just blow me the fuck away, dude. He's dead. So I can't ask him any of this stuff, which is too bad, but he definitely, uh, potentially could have fucking been a CIA asset. I have no idea. Like during the well, MK, well, a lot of shit. CIA assets too. Didn't realize. Didn't even know. Yeah. Assets, yeah. Uh, I don't think he would. I don't think he fucking knew, but he definitely. Who the fuck knows? I mean, if, if <sighs> someone just shows up and gives you money and drugs and, and a get out of jail free card, sometimes you just don't even ask those questions, right? And it's not even like you're going to get the answer, anyways. So, well, my dad never got any fucking get out of jail free cards. He was fucking <laughs> in prison a lot. <laughs> so maybe he wasn't. All right, man. That was a lot of fun. We're hitting an hour and a half. You probably got to go to bed. Uh, this was a lot of fun, brother. Fuck yeah. Yeah, let's keep doing these, man, because I think they're they're only getting better from here. Not just 
the comics, but I think we're starting to really fucking get into the flow of them too. So hell yeah, dude, let's fucking do it. And uh, let's see here. Why don't you fucking give our audience again, your plugs and tell them where they can find you. Cause you're the fucking man and you do awesome work and people should buy your shit. So actually, yeah, paranoidamerican.com just relaunched the website. So now if you go to paranoidamerican.com, you get links to all the comics on sale and shirts and stickers and all kinds of shit. And then we'll be launching a Kickstarter pretty soon for the Chosen One issue two. That'll be like the big push probably through the end of this year. Um, so if, if you really if you really want to see, you know, more conspiracy podcasters and crossing over into the comics world, hundred percent, you know, back the chosen one, sign up to be notified, all that goodness. And if you go to paranoidamerican.com, you'll see links to it on like every fucking page, basically. Fucking a man. Yeah. All right, brother. Thank you so much. See you on the next one, man.